Hello and welcome to Latex Weekly, episode 30th, September 2020. Latex Weekly is brought to you by Latex, your protection from tech ignorance. My name is Sean. News of the week. Apple's ban of game streaming has a loophole. Apple has banned gaming streaming services from the App Store as of now. Uh, we don't know if this is going to stick. Maybe they're going to come up with a way to fix this. But as of now, yes, that is not allowed. Uh, this, this happens right after Microsoft and Google announced the xCloud and Stadia services on Android devices. Um, other gaming service providers like Sony, Nvidia, Vortex, Shadowboost and Amazon uh, may not be playable on iOS as well. Apple says it's because these uh, they need to vet each and every game that's available on their stores, but Everyone just says that they want to make the 30% transaction fee from each and every one of the developers instead. Think about it. xCloud offering free one fee for 100 games is an opportunity cost of 299 30% fees for Apple. Of course, Apple will need to look at this from this perspective, from that perspective, and also a competition of their Arcade Plus. Oh, sorry. Arcade has no plus. Arcade is already a plus. So... The Apple Arcade um, monetization methods. The trillion dollar is not easy to maintain, okay? But don't be sad just yet. If Apple sticks by their rules, Microsoft may have found a way to bypass it. Microsoft has an app that turns an Xbox One console into a server and a non-playing app, not non-paying app, that projects onto Android devices. So which means that this app does nothing but just project to the server onto Android devices. Uh, traditionally, this works over LAN, but I think they can make it work over 5G as well. Uh, there is a name for these apps, which Apple calls remote desktop clients. It is also the same kind of apps where your IT department used to take control of a laptop and fix things remotely. Um, an iOS version has been sent for Apple to review. Uh, if Apple lets this through, then it will set a new precedence to bypass their rule on streaming game devices except that you need a console and you need a cloud subscription service which you already need but you need a console to act as a server i personally don't think apple will say yes to this but if they do then other uh, we will expect other gaming streaming services to come up with a similar structure or a similar uh, like a local server with a subscription platform that remotes uh, into your mobile device, iOS device that can have the gameplay as well. It is wishful thinking, but I hope it comes true. But to be honest, I don't think Apple will allow this. Former Blizzard CEO announces new company. It's called Dreamhaven and it's a combination of publisher and developer. Uh, what this means is as a developer they actually create games and as a publisher they can either publish games that they create or games that other people create as well along with the announcement mike moraine revealed two new studios headed by former employees that develop games like starcraft warcraft starcraft 2 warcraft 3 world of warcraft and hearthstone it's quite a lineup of gaming stars to be honest um, the only other major franchise that hasn't been announced that it has left Blizzard is Diablo and in my opinion Diablo is not too amazing anyway so yeah Starcraft and Warcraft are good so I am looking for I'm looking forward to new epic games coming out of Dreamhaven's lot of brands 
hopefully a new refresh version of World of Warcraft because World of Warcraft seems a bit dated. I love to play a good RPG game, um, MMORPG at this point, that is updated to today's um, specs. The 2020 iPad OS misses key demands of 2020. Uh, the iPad has been fighting for a spot in the education world against Windows devices and Chromebooks for a while now. And for a little while, last year with iPad OS, it seems as if it's catching up to the multitask capable competitors and maybe even set to overtake them. But, uh, well, yes, so just to explain what key things that iPadOS brought that um, is was swaying people over to iPads. So this, we're actually looking at the uh, devices that are education based. So for example, uh, let's look at devices that are sub 2000 ringgit, right? We have um, Microsoft Surface Go, and we have a lot of Microsoft Windows laptops by uh, hardware makers that are sub 2000. They are not as capable and as advanced, but for education, you know, as long as it gets the job done. And uh, you also have Chromebooks, which are also sub 2000, which are not very good with hardware, but they make up for it with amazing management of cloud services on Google. So iPad has been catching up as of last year with iPad OS. So they brought some multitasking in. They gave it a file manager, which is good. They gave they gave it a mouse capability, which is good as well. It, it brought pencil capability across the board, especially to the cheaper one. And it also let users buy their keyboards. So um, an entry level cheapest iPad Air, uh, sorry, an entry level cheapest iPad, the seventh generation at that time, or the eighth generation now, plus the cheapest keyboard that they can have, brings you up to about 2001 or 2002, uh, uh, slightly above the mark but still quite okay um, but then it fell completely flat this year when it failed to meet basic demands of the zoom class generation until today all video conferencing apps can only work properly when it's the only app that takes up the entire screen of your ipad this means that if you are taking notes on the site the video gets cut off if you do some research elsewhere like on google or something the video gets cut off if you open another screen side by side and want to you know, work on the notes while you are in the class, the video gets cut off. There is no way to do this when the, for the video to stay on. And I've actually tried a lot of uh, video conferencing apps on the iPad. And to be honest, they, you cannot compare with the desktop versions because it, the features, half of the features are always missing. It's not as easy to use and you don't have enough controls and you can't really use the browser version as well because some of them, they automatically kick you to the app and some of them won't even launch. And um, the browsers don't work as well on iPad as they do on a desktop version. It's just not the same. No matter what people tell you, it is not the same. So if Apple hopes for the iPad to be a true contender in the education sector, they need to let go of all these petty limitations they are setting for themselves. Yes, I say they're setting for themselves because these are the limitations that, that Apple sets for itself in its iOS devices that sets it apart from its Mac, MacBooks and Macs and stuff. Um, it is not built onto the core. It, is, it can be a lot more powerful than it is right now. 
So Apple needs to let go of the weight that is sinking it down in order for it to float and compete with the rest. Android 12 allows third-party stores, but with their payment systems. Google said in the coming uh, said that in the coming year they will make Android 12 more compatible for third-party app stores. This means that you can either have Google Play Store, Huawei Store, Samsung Store, and any other store that is right out there right now. In the future, uh, there is a catch. However, all stores will be required to use Google Play's billing system, which means that Google will still be charging a transaction fee regardless of which store you use. This feels as if it is targeted to um, the precedent that is set by Huawei. Now that Huawei cannot use the Google Play Store, they have to use their own app store. Uh, moving forward, if uh, any form of fragmentation happens in the future that runs on Android in terms of their app stores, Google says they're ready. They, they are kind of like building a system that you know makes it ready for that while also be able to charge transaction their services uh, which in a way makes sense for me because Google develops Android and is not making money from their hardware uh, Android itself is open source it's why it's layered on top that Android um, can make money from so this um, division itself needs to profit in which one of the ways of profiting is actually by transactions made from the App Store Right, so currently, subscription companies like Netflix and Spotify, they actually bypass Google's transaction fee by getting us to pay directly via their website. This will also change in the future, forcing people who use Android apps to pay via the app instead. Or you can pay anywhere you want, but as long as you're using the app, um, subscription services like Netflix and Spotify need to pay Google a 30% fee, or at that time, whatever the fee percentage is. This week's Tech of the Week, an enzyme cocktail that eats plastics fast. Clock cocktail here is not the one where you drink, right? It's cocktail means it's a combination of a few. Um, there has been a talk of bacteria that eat plastic by creating an enzyme since 2016 when it was first discovered by Japanese scientists. Two years later, researchers began working on a second enzyme that the bacteria produces, which breaks PET plastic, which is the most common plastic used right now down to a simpler form, which by then can allow other organism, microorganisms to break down further as well. This two enzyme cocktail will cause PET to break down six times faster than naturally occurring processes. All right, six times faster is not the speed of light. It's not immediate, okay? At this point, natural occurring process takes hundreds of years. Six times faster, you know, in that context of relativity, it's not exactly very fast. It's not immediate but it's faster than burying it and forgetting it's there. Um, this is not a way to tell the whole world that we can use and create as much plastic as we like because plastic creation uses, a, uses byproducts and processes that are harmful to the environment, petroleum being one of it, um, and also a lot of water as well. Uh, this means the actual goal is still to use less plastic, less disposable plastic actually, we can use plastic if one plastic container can last us for 50 years then you only need that one compared to one you use per occasion in which in 50 years if there are thousand occasions you have a thousand of plastic containers which is non-sustainable and we also need to create a better alternative uh, right now the, the alternatives that are in the market right now are actually reverting back to usually na natural resources like 
banana leaves and plant barks and you know corn fibers and stuff which isn't sustainable in itself it is biodegradable but it's not sustainable because the reason why we moved from these natural um, container materials to plastic is because we could have we could foresee with the growth in demand right we will need to cut down a lot more trees and flatten a lot more forests and and plant a lot of um, homogeneous non-diverse plants in order to cater to the packaging demand like for example imagine if every single packaging is using banana leaves right how many forests do we need to flatten in order to grow banana trees and in order to, to provide the leaves for the demand in all the supermarkets in the world it's not sustainable so two things right number one you either use less disposable plastic or number two you create a better alternative which is not here yet all right so that's all for latex weekly this week latex weekly is available on anchor fm google podcast app spotify pocket cast radio public and more our full videos are available on youtube and i post bits and clips on instagram and facebook this is latex weekly episode 30th september 2020 my name is sean stay safe wear a mask au revoir